Better, smarter, faster. The future of connected healthcare relies on a powerful digital ecosystem and robust neural network to drive better diagnostics, intelligent operations, and seamless care anywhere. Join us as we talk to the experts about transformational roadmaps for this evolving landscape. What's working, what's needed, and how we get there together. Welcome to Healthcare On Air, presented by Verizon. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Healthcare On Air by Verizon. I'm your host, Robin Goldsmith, and this is the final episode of our conversation with Dr. Zev Newworth. Please enjoy. So I'm gonna kind of shift to part three, which is market disruptors which I find fascinating. And I, and I loved kind of how you, you know, you covered the, and I, you know, you clarified disruption because I think that term is, is given a negative effect. It's not disruption, but more advancement looking at it through that lens, which I love because disruption kind of equates in some people's mind, which we're completely changing it. And, and it's, and to your earlier points, you know, those walls were not, we're not breaking them down. We're just we're taking what we already have and advancing that that ecosystem. Um, and you mentioned this, you know, this this. I love this example uh, among many others, but an example of the burning platform. And I think right now we're and we have been on this burning platform. Can you speak to that and why you utilize that that metaphor? I, I think we I think we have been on the burning platform, but. Um, you know, for years, I and many, many others have talked about, um, you know, kind of on this sort of at this existential moment. I it feels though now more than any other time that in fact that we are on that that verge of, um, you know, this raging fire that is engulfing everything around us, and we have to take that plunge. We, we have to leave the safety of the platform because it's not safe. And um, yeah, so I, I, you know, what I've noticed and, and quite honestly, I've noticed it after, after the book was published, um, I've noticed a different tenor from people. As I talk to people, it, it's almost like a pattern emerging where people who have never voiced this sort of concern before are beginning to really say, you know, something bad is going to happen. And I don't know if it's an echo of the, you know, of the pandemic. By the way, in my first book on reframing healthcare, in chapter 10, I actually open it up with this. And I say, you know, I know we've been talking about something bad happening, but I think, and people say, you know, it's, you know, things take longer than you think they're going to take, et cetera, et cetera. I just in that opening part of the chapter, I said, I, I, I think that something is going to happen that's actually going to break the mold. And I actually, believe it or not, in the first copy of the book, Reframing Healthcare, I actually talked about a potential pandemic. And the yeah. editors read it. Yeah. The editors read it and said, are you out of your mind? Um, you know, you can't predict the pandemic. And I was like, I'm not predicting it. I'm saying it's an example of of a you know, what we used to call what is called the black swan, black and, swan event. right? Black swan event that these things don't happen until they happen. Right. And, but once they happen, just like the pandemic, and I think we're in a moment in time where the pandemic is not going to be the only black swan event. And so I've been hearing that from folks uh, across the country and, um, and I'm, I'm concerned about it. I I've, I've heard it from really, really bright people who I respect 
who've been in healthcare for a long time, who've not voiced this before. And it's, mm. it's a new, it's a new narrative. And to me, it suggests that, and, and rather than get upset about it or angry or depressed or, or reactive, I just take it and say, look, it's another piece of, of evidence here. Let's, let's take it and let's use that to motivate us to create the change that we know we must create. Let's just accelerate yep. that. Yeah. And I, you know, kind of linking that back, I mean, I'm sure, you know, the, the jump is, is going to be uh, made easier by these titans of disruption that you you go into great detail and and you you have a balanced approach of you know the the usual suspects Amazon CVS Walmart and others that are you know Fortune ten Fortune one companies in Walmart um, these huge you know titans of industry that have multiple revenue streams diversification of their business model and then but you also you know give an optimistic view for traditional healthcare. Cause I, I, you know, I think a lot of us fall in the trap of it's going to take these outsiders to really change healthcare, but you, you, you take a balanced approach of there's a lot of innovation within healthcare and there's partnerships within healthcare that, that, so you kind of weigh the balance of, you know, what's happening on, uh, across both fronts. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of those, those Titans understand they have to partner with, the hospitals and health systems, because they truly are, as you mentioned earlier, that incredible people, incredible capabilities, knowledge. Um, so I'd, I'd love to kind of, you know, speak to that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I do have this chapter on, on the Titans of disruption yep. and, and, you know, I, I, that, that phrase I borrowed and I've heard others use it. But um, li literally, the Titans were the gods in Greek mythology um, that came before the Olympian gods, and they created the earth and and they ruled the earth, um, and uh, and so you know they were all powerful, and um, so I borrowed that phrase in terms of talking about the retailers and you know like Amazon and 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 Walmart and and CVS and and the what we used to call insurance companies like Humana and Cigna and the Blues. Um, uh, again, CVS, Aetna. And so those are the Titans. And they're, you know, when you look at them from a business model perspective and from a market perspective, they have a lot of advantages mm -hmm. and they still have a lot of challenges. And so I tried to be, you know, uh, really objective about that because I've been studying them and tracking them for a long, long time and looking at how they've advanced healthcare, but also looking how, you know, the mistakes they've made and, and some of the challenges they still face. And so I, I, I shared that. And you get the sense, though, because they're so big, um, uh, you get the sense, uh, and, and they have some advantages, right? I think from a digital tech perspective, you know, from a consumerism perspective, there's some clear advantages that these titans have that they're bringing into the healthcare market. And yet, in the last chapter, and it was very, I was very, very purposeful about this. The last chapter is about hospital systems. And, the, and I was very, very purposeful about um, saying the superpowers and secret sauces of hospitals. Yeah. And that's what the last chapter is all about. And, you know, not for nothing, but, you know, you know, I, I, I open up that chapter by saying, listen, you know, you think the game's over. These titans are going to take over healthcare. But if you go back to Greek mythology, it was actually Zeus and the Olympians that won out in the end. And um, now again, that's Greek mythology, and you know, <laughs> want to be very, very careful. That's not a historic lesson. That's that's a mythology. Yep. 
and it's art. Um, but um, I, I, the point is that um, the hospital systems and traditional healthcare systems um, have so much going for them. Um, I mean, they're they're just amazing. Um, they've been in in communities for decades. They've they're part of the community. They're part of the social fabric and economic they're fabric. Yeah. What's that? I'm sorry. They're, they're a trusted brand. They're trusted. Um, you know, this is where, you know, so many of the doctors and nurses and others are. And, um, and I do believe they have superpowers and secret sauces. Um, I do think though, that they have to exercise those superpowers and secret sauces, some of which have, they have not used before. So mm -hmm. for example, you know, I think that hospital systems are platforms, but they haven't acted like a platform. And they haven't leveraged that. Um, and so I think, you know, and I've talked to CEOs and I've talked to others and they're like, yeah, 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 we're a platform. I was like, yeah, but do you know what that means? And do you know what it's it takes? And do you know how you can actually really leverage yourself to be a platform? And that means you have to give up certain things to get certain things. And, and by the way, how many of your people actually know what a platform is? How many of your C-suite executives know what a platform is? you know, could explain a platform and could, you know, have you ever sat in a meeting and said, how do we actually leverage our platform, you know, potential? And so I, I don't, you know, that's what I talk about in, in the last chapter. I, I think it's, it's super important. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that healthcare executives read the book and particularly read that last section. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you, you know, you, you, you were a healthcare executive, you know, during your time at, at Atrium Now Advocate, and you talk about the, the great example of traditional healthcare partnering with you know, arguably one of the disruptors in Best Buy Health, who's you know been acquired a number of assets, yeah. and they brought it together to to really focus on home-based care, hospital at home, and I think that's a great example of, you know, that that you know, coming together of traditional and non-traditional to, to get to where we all want to go to, which is better outcomes by more touch points in the home. Well, that's a, you know, that's a great example. And I think the whole thing about partnership, that by the way, is one of the, uh, one of the superpowers, you know, it, it is sort of this thing of, we could build it ourselves, right? I remember in, in the beginning, I, I, I'd been working on home-based care ecosystem for a bunch of years, even before the pandemic and telehealth and digital and remote monitoring. So that wasn't new to me. And I remember having conversations with folks across the country and they were, most of them were like, well, we could, we could do this ourselves. We could build this ourselves. And I'm like, yeah, but there are companies out there that have been doing this for years that have the technology, that have the logistics, that have the experience. Why wouldn't you partner with them? And to the credit of hospital systems across the country, we are seeing, um, and I've just, you know, Atrium Health Advocate is a great example of that. We're seeing, you know, as you just pointed out, and it's all public information, uh, one of the first, you know, really amazing partnerships between, again, this is amazing. This is mind blowing. This is like, you have to sit back for a second. This is one of the most prestigious hospital systems in the country, one of the best in the country, partnering with Best Buy, with a retailer to actually improve and advance actual healthcare delivery to their patients in the home. Mind that blowing. is mind blowing, right? Mind blowing. Yes. Right. And that's, yep. but that's what we have to do. And by the way, you know, and now we're seeing, you know, again, all public knowledge um, here, 
We're seeing, you know, Geisinger partner with Best Buy and Mass General Brigham partner and others. And, and we're seeing, and it's not just Best Buy, you know, there's Medically Home and there's, you know, these mm -hmm. other companies. I think that we're going to see, and, and it's not just retailers, they're healthcare systems, hospital systems are partnering with venture capital companies. I use a few examples of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do think, and again, if you go back to beyond the walls, right, these fiefdoms, it was really fiefdoms. It's medieval fiefdoms behind the walls. And now they're, they're, they're partnering, they're creating commerce and communication and capabilities that go beyond those walls. Absolutely. Um, so two more two more questions, Zev. I, I could talk to you all day, by the way. So, but, um, so you you, be, you talk about, you know, a lot of what you talk about is change, change in healthcare. How do we make it better? And and you you've talked about this uh, push pull to create this tipping point, and that you know the 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 pain that we have now has to exceed the pain of change. So I'd love to you to talk about that tipping point and, and what it's going to take, or you know, are, are we in that? Yeah, I was. I think I was trying to define courage. Yes, and... yes, you were. Which is, <laughs> which, is a, which is a great through line throughout all all of these entrepreneurs you, you're talking about, traditional, non traditional folks in healthcare. I think that that idea of courage. So please. Yeah, you know, again. I think at the core of it, and I, I've really been trying to understand what it is I'm doing and what I'm trying to do to, to make it, to make myself better at it and to reach more people and to help more people. Um, at its core, this is all about the transcendent power of the human spirit. I mean, on, on that's on really one level. It's, I, I think that most people, almost everyone I have met, um, I, I would venture to say I would venture to say everyone, but let's just let's just ma not make it absolute. Maybe there's an exception here or there. But the vast, vast majority of people I have met in and around healthcare want to do the right thing. And and it's it's really a matter of courage. It's it takes courage to do something different, to diverge. Um and to step up and you know stand up and step out and i've really tried to understand that and help myself um gain more courage being willing to do that and this isn't a hypothetical it's it's real you know it's real action it's like it's one thing to talk about going to the gym and working out or going for a run or, you know, diving into that pool or whatever it is. It's one thing to talk about it and it's another to do it. Yeah. And um and I think I think there are a lot of people with good intention. Um, but it, it takes the catalyst of courage to actually translate that into concrete, real-time action. And for me, I think as I looked at the people who are able to connect with that courage, by, by the way, courage doesn't mean not having fear. It's not the opposite of, of being fearful or scare, scared. Mm -hmm. Courage literally means with heart, right? It means to do things with heart. 
and um, to do with things, you know, that really come from your heart, from your best intention, from the best that's inside of you, um, from the connection you have to other people, the people you care about to, to, to this universe. And, you know, th that's what courage is. And so I, I began to think that the people I've been interviewing, the people I've been studying, the people I'm trying to emulate, for them, the pain of leaving what they knew and the security um, and going into the unknown and the uncertainty, that, that pain was overwhelmed by the pain of the current reality. And, and that's why I think, Robin, and I hope I'm not going on too long here, but that's why oh. I think it's so important for us to be fully aware of the current reality. And so, you know, in the book, I don't really talk about how bad things are that much. No, no. It's like, right. I don't, I, you know, but what I'm discovering is it's super important in my presentations. To, and I literally now start with, I'm going to hold the mirror up. I think it's so, so important for us to understand the current reality. And this is not a criticism and it's not blaming and it's not about pointing fingers. But when you look about, you look at the, quality and safety. And I'm talking about now, today, when you look about the fact that longevity, lifelong, life longevity in the United States is decreasing. We're the only developed nation where it's decreasing. We're the only developed nation where infant mortality is increasing. Yeah. And when you look at the dirty, dark secret that the wealthy are living longer, but the rest of us are dying sooner, especially people of color, and that disparity that disparity is increasing. It's increased 600% over the past couple of decades. The wealthier are living longer and the poor and people of color are dying sooner. And that's not getting better. When you look at those numbers, when you look at the burnout, right? When you look at the fact that healthcare is more, is, is less affordable now, it's more unaffordable now than it was five or 10 years ago, where it's literally destroying the American dream with the idea that is if I work harder and I and I help society and I and I try to raise my family, if I do the right things, I'll get ahead. Well, not if you're being taxed by healthcare, which is essentially what's happening to every employer's and every employee's, you know, salary every month or every two weeks, a huge, huge chunk of that. I mean, and it's real. It's like the reality is that each of us has a tax on our wages every year. And for a family of four, that tax is equivalent to the cost of a car, about tw between twenty and twenty-five thousand dollars. It's literally like every employer bought every family of four a car, a new car every year. Yeah. That's worth about twenty-five thousand dollars, and at the end of every year, they destroyed it. They trashed the car completely, and they bought a new car. That is the equivalent. That is the tax of healthcare on the American family, and. We have to, when you feel that reality, when you see the reality, when you don't try to brush it over with rhetoric or, or, or yeah. marketing slogans, when you look yeah. at that and you live with that and, and you, you feel the pain of that, that's when I find the courage to go out there and say things that I, I, I know are not going to help me personally. You know, I'll tell you something doing a podcast and writing two books has not made me wealthier. It's not made me more popular. It's not helped me in my career. I know it's the right thing to do. I know it's, 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 
it's the the right purpose and the right goal. And in order to live with that, um, you need courage. Jeff, I think that that is, uh, we'll end on that note of courage. I appreciate everything you do. Um, and I appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing your message. Um, where can people find you and follow you? What's the best way to, for folks who have questions or, or want to watch the podcast? Where can they find you? Well, thanks for asking, Robin. Um, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So if you look me up on LinkedIn, I will, I promise you, I will respond in pretty soon within yep. a, a few days. Um, I also have a website, which, um, is literally getting overhauled this week. So by the first of the year, it'll, it'll be up and running and it's, um, it's, uh, I think it's www.reframehealthcare. Um, and so I, I should know that. Right. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and I just, um, I just put up a YouTube uh, page, I guess it's called. And oh, yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. So um, so there's there's three or four or five videos on it now, but I'm going to populate it with more. I've been having some of my talks recorded and little clips and video clips. And I think it's important. I think it's what I've discovered is that uh, when I do post videos on LinkedIn, that more people uh, listen to them than some of the written stuff. And so, um, so it's just another channel to to sort of get the message out there and, and, uh, very much like you, you know, um, and what you all are doing, um, using video, right. Uh, because people look and see, and, and it's, it's, it's just another medium to engage people in the dialogue. And creating a new healthcare. You can find that on Apple, Spotify, all the podcast sites. Yes. Thank you. The podcast Perfect. is, yeah. It, any way you get podcasts, uh, any channel, if you just put in my name or, or creating a new healthcare, thanks for, for mentioning that. Yeah, as you can tell, I'm I'm not a brilliant self marketer. <laughs> Got to work on that. I'm here for you. <laughs> Thanks, Robin. All right, Jeff, and thank you for watching. If you want to watch any of our content, we've we've created a lot of great content, including what you saw today. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. And until next time, take care.